don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. And I want to say one more thing. In the spirit of the Irish people, you can kiss my royal Irish ass. And I live in Rockaway, and this is my face, bitch. Praise the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord. from the armory with uh that sounds menacing really uh, live from the armory that's what we should call the podcast live from the armory yeah people like it because you can hear background noise yeah it's like, nice you can hear old people chewing <laughs> stuff like that. you can hear hear hips breaking <laughs> hear the squeak of a walker going by you know all the real life yeah. stuff yeah come on tennis balls tennis balls. yeah exactly <laughs> you can hear the magnetic strip of a medicaid card <laughs> It's fantastic. I just heard Velcro. Somebody's adjusting their shoes. <laughs> that's the point where you just shoot yourself. When you get to Velcro shoe level. Just that's done. I've thought about it, but just out of being lazy. Right. It'd be so quick, but they don't make a good-looking Velcro shoe. No, they don't. No, they're not. Uh, they're not sporty. That could be a million-dollar idea. It, would, it actually right. wouldn't be bad. A good-looking. Yeah. I'm those write that ones down. when we were kids where you could like they had the Velcro on the side and you could change the colors. Yeah. You got like a stack of different colors. Mm-hmm. We can bring those back. Somewhere. And then throw a pocket in like the ruse. Uh, yeah, remember that? Something. Yeah. You know, because some of these you need to put a dime somewhere. <laughs> that like, pocket was ridiculous. Yeah. It was before any of us were using condoms. Yeah, so right. that's the only thing that pocket would be good for. <laughs> yeah. Could you hold this dime? I'm out of pocket space. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. I forgot. I'm wearing my ruse. <laughs> we are in luck. Let me unzip the small zipper on the side of my shoe. Oh, man. Everything else, 
Velcro, except the zipper for that little pocket. Made no sense. The one thing that shouldn't have a zipper has. There's more hardware on that zipper than the rest of the shoe. Yeah, and then you, you can't forget about the two inches of foam that supported the bottom of your yeah. feet there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are horrible shoes. I did own a pair, though. Oh, I did, too. It was yeah. great. All right. And that voice you're hearing is comedian Matt Holt. Yeah, I just completely screwed everything up. Okay. I apologize. No, that's all right. Talking. That's good. That's how we do it here. Okay, all right. Well, good. Just got to start out. Hit the ground running. Yeah, it's good to be here. Cool, man. At so the how, Armory. How was the drive up? Uh, it was uh, it was five hours. All right. <laughs> Go from Indianapolis? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was not bad until I hit Rockford, which I, I think I say that a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's Rockford's, not unusual. Yeah, yeah, it's not one of my favorite places anyway. Um, but yeah, some heavy storms, and uh, this is probably fascinating for people that are listening. But <laughs> hey, let's listen to those guys talk about the weather. You think it'd be the old people here that'd be talking about the weather? Hoping they're here enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they definitely tuned in. I think Illinois' motto is actually "It's not bad except Rockford." Why? <laughs> That's not bad. Come actually. visit Illinois, <laughs> except Rockford. Can I say "fuck" on your podcast? Yeah, sure, okay, good. Ahead. Why the fuck are there no? gas stations on the highway in Illinois. Oh my god, I know. Right? I, I no mean, idea. it's like you got to get off and then it's an adventure. I mean, everywhere else in the free world, there's like a truck stop or something. There's none of that here. <laughs> like if, if you had like four guys and you put 80 bucks together a piece, put in a fucking quick trip <laughs> on the goddamn highway. Oh yeah. But like probably like a hundred tolls though. Yeah, that's true. Right that's true. <laughs> you know, the, we, we I drove to Florida last year mm-hmm. and you know, Illinois was a small portion of it, but honest to God, the worst. Yeah. And I took the long way through Illinois, too. I didn't go through Chicago. Right, you go down to Bloomington and all that. Yeah, I yep. took the long I way. I do that, too. That was like, oh, God. The second you cross over into Kentucky, it's just like a breath of fresh air. And and which that sentence has never been said before. <laughs> yeah. Except, except in talking about travel. <laughs> That's how bad Illinois is. <laughs> but, you know, a, a buddy of mine... Um, I got a comic out of any name, DJ Dangler. I don't know if you guys know him or not. He's really funny. He has a great line. He's like, uh, man, I hate driving through Chicago, but at least it costs 18 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. I can't stand it. So On the way home from Florida, we went up through Chicago. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I can't, yeah, at that point, I can't like, do that Illinois drive anymore. Right. Um, yeah. Well, we were going through Indianapolis and uh, Louisville, too, so... Yeah, they're always doing uh, construction up in that dump, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when they're not, it's terrible. I mean, it's it's hard for me to hate Rockford because I like Cheap Trick. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> Rockford sucks. <laughs> it's like the dirty shoe of Illinois. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Aaron Xavier? Yeah. Uh, one of the wrestlers is from Rockford. Rockford does Oh, fantastic. That. I guess what I need. Yeah, nice shitty town. So, some oh, guy yeah, coming after me. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not. Fuck yeah, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that. What's his name? Uh, Aaron Xavier. Yeah. yeah. Is that a made up name? That's not his birth certificate. Yeah, I don't think it's real. Yeah. According to his shirts, he's a weapon of mass seduction. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. What's his What's his uh, finishing move? Does it, I don't know. Does he have Do you have a finishing move? What is your finishing move? This? I do, man. I have a uh, relief submission hold. All right. All right. I like it. Sometimes I. A little frog splash or something. Okay. Like oh, you. Oh, you get up and jump I'll, off the ropes. I'll mix it up. Look I'll at you, it. man. That's. I couldn't. I'd shit my pants if I jumped Otherwise off the ropes. Otherwise, I just punch a dude in the balls. Okay. <laughs> I'm not above anything. No. Why would you? Be? Just hold on to the belt. You know. I did see him win one time where he cheated. 
No. He actually hit the guy with the belt and then threw the belt on the guy and acted like he was hurt. No, how did so, that go? I don't remember. So, no, and the referee missed this? Totally missed How does somebody the referee miss this? Oh, they had distraction. The ref was distracted. My dude tossed me the belt. All right. I, I made a sound, tossed the belt, laid down, grabbed my head. Ref thought dude hit me with the belt. Oh, so, so you fake hitting yourself with the belt. That's what I Fake the yeah. whole thing. Wow. See, I thought you would have whacked the guy with the belt. Sometimes I do. I okay, it, I so you mix it up. Down, you mix it up. Okay. Hit him with a chain. All right. Yeah. I do what needs to be done, man. No, I appreciate that. You're a guy that has a plan. Yeah. I take it you must be a wrestling fan. Uh, you know what? Uh, I was. I haven't. I haven't watched it in a long time. Well, it's not worth watching You're not now. Missing but it's probably, yeah. it's probably true. Yeah. There's not much now. But um, no. I mean, it's funny that we're in the armory because where I grew up in Indianapolis, they, they had wrestling in the armory all the time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We used to wrestle in Whitewater in the armory. Okay. For years. It was awesome. fun. It was fun. And uh, I'll tell you what. There's. Um, Indianapolis has a really big wrestling history. Um, Bobby the Marine Heenan was from Indianapolis. Sure, Dick the Bruiser. Um, there was a famous story where we had a years ago we had a minor league uh, baseball uh, stadium called Bush Stadium downtown, and we have a, a new one now that's fantastic. But this is an old ratty, great, full of character stadium, and uh, they were having wrestling there one night. And so they had the ring out on the pitcher's mound in the middle of the diamond. And uh, Bobby Heenan was managing somebody and uh, walking them to and from. And they were using the dugout is how they got back to the the, uh, dressing rooms. Well, apparently some drunk auto worker had had enough (laughs) and scaled the dugout wall and beat the shit out of Bobby Heenan in the the dugout. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a big big uh, big wrestling town. Fans get into it sometimes. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I uh, if if you guys ever in Indianapolis and I'm I'm around, uh, I can take you by Dick the Bruiser's house when he uh, when he was alive, Sweet. and like you used to drive by by Bruiser's house, and he'd be cutting his grass, <laughs> yeah. and he would look he looked like an elephant on a tricycle. I mean, he was <laughs> just such a, a thick guy on this little tiny riding mower. It was fantastic. Man, yeah, that's what uh, that's what we do here, man. It's old school wrestling. Yeah, it's awesome. So we don't, uh, but we have a little mix of everything too. You know, it's a lot of characters. And that's good. That, you know. And and do you have women uh, with you know showing their ass and all that kind of stuff? Um, once in a great. Isn't while. that kind of the jump the shark of wrestling? Don't you think? Yeah. I, isn't that when WWE really it's kind like, of jumped the shark? Is yeah. when they start bringing all these yeah. women in and shit, and they can't wrestle. I no. tell you, dude. Uh, Women, yeah, all the women wrestlers, pretty much that I've seen, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Sometimes, like I'll be flip, flipping channels and I'll see wrestling's on. I'll turn it on, and if it's women, I'm, I'm just like, ah, I can't watch it. Right. And I, I feel like, you know, question my own sexuality because it's like a couple hot chicks half naked. Yeah, I'm but like, ah, it's, it's but you can get full naked on the on the internet. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Balloon yeah. and arm drag. Yeah. Something. <laughs> <Right>? Something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Yeah, but uh, I always see them parading around with the. I see on TV a lot now the the twins that are parading around with the Divas title everywhere. Yeah, I've seen them. But the coveted women's title. Dude, right. these chicks aren't that good. I mean, there's one or two that can work, but they're always paired with somebody that doesn't have to do it. Right. You know, just eye candy. Yeah. What about, what about the old days? Back when you had. Fabulous Moolah. Oh, my God. The bitch was hideous looking. You know yeah. she'd kick the shit out of you. Remember she still Glow? looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Glow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I do. That was pre-internet. Yeah. That was that was that was pre-internet porn. Farmer's daughter Farmer's and all daughter. that. Are you kidding me? So it was like Saturday and Friday and Saturday night. Right. Absolutely. Oh my right. God. We used, to, we used to watch that on Saturday nights. Saturday nights, and then uh, up all night with Rhonda Shear on USA. Oh yeah, that was good. Was and once in a while, they put the uh, they they put Elvira in there too. Yeah. It's like yeah, this will do in a pinch. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Rhonda Shear. Have you seen Rhonda Shear lately? No. Ooh. She has been up all night. Yeah. <laughs> Looks bad. Oh my God, she's got to be pretty old. She's got to be sixty, maybe seventy. No, she's probably 60. I bet she's 60. I gotta look that up. Yeah. yeah. If you had to use it. I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. What else like you gonna do? Pinch. Yeah. Well, it was all in a pinch back then. Yeah, th- those up all night movies, too, they were, uh, they were either like, well, they were horrible. Right, of course. Just horrible, like, girls would be half naked or it would be Toxic Avenger. You could also watch, you could also watch uh, Silk Stockings. Yeah, that was that was available as well. That was pretty good. It was like uh, wasn't that like Showtime or something? Uh, no, or was it was that? like I think it was like TBS or TNT or, oh, or okay. oh USA. It was on USA. Silk Stockings. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was like you know, there's well look, we've had an evolution. All right, it started off. You had the uh, the Sears and JC Penney catalog. Yes, that's where it started. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, the Sunday the Sunday ads. Would come out, and there were certain stores where their ads would typically have bras for sale, usually like Zare, you know, some shit store. And that's what that was your that was the gateway porn back then. You had that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you start off with that, and then you find the Sears catalog or the J.C. Penney catalog, and then holy shit, that was like the mother load. So you had that for a while. And then usually you find something that belonged to your brother or your dad or something. It might be like it's like a swank magazine. It's, it's always something that, that no one should ever be seen purchasing. Like plumpers or... Yeah. You, you, you skipped a step, though, because every once in a while, like, a gold mine would pop up and it would be a Victoria's Secret oh, absolutely. Like, catalog. Oh, absolutely. Sudden, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, man, you hang on to that and be looking at one that's like 12 years oh, old. Oh, absolutely. But, but it didn't have the big granny panties like in the JC. Right, right. I remember being horrified looking at the Penny's catalog thinking, what what are these panels and everything in this this woman's pants? Is like she's wearing bulletproof pants. This is, it was there's, horrible. There's always like a couple of good ones in the JC right. one too, but and they were right after the page where there was like the fake boobs. Right, right. Like that the old woman would have to put it inside. Yep, like, yep. No, it was a. Uh, so you have to quick go by that and like erase that from your mind before you use it. And then once you got to once I got to a certain point, then it became uh, then it became Heather Thomas on the Fall Guy. That was a big one. Daisy never did anything for me, but Heather Thomas on the Fall Guy. That was that was grade A. That was fantastic. Dude, you ever been so desperate you used Peg Bundy? Mm. Am I the only one? No, no, because Peg Bundy was post internet. Yeah. Well, no, well, kind of. They were was, out before. It was dial up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you had to was, want it. It was you know to want it. If, if the squeal didn't ruin you know to kill your erection, then. You know, I used to get turned on when I'd hear the dial-up because I'm thinking, I'm minutes from porn. This is awesome. It's almost magic it's like time. A tea ke- it's like a tea kettle whistling. I got this high-res pick coming in about three and a half hours. <laughs> That's now. right. Oh, remember that? You chasing the buffer stream? <laughs> like, okay, I got I to time this just right because I can't have any downtime here. You're frustrated to move the thing back oh. just so it took longer for it to get there? <laughs> oh, but see, I... I think a lot of us were okay with that because we were used to scrambled porn anyway. Right. So it was still a step up. Oh, 
I'm yeah, not saying I did this, but watching the channel when it's scrambled and just waiting for that one second. Oh, that's, that's all you need. And then it just that's goes by. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. This is noise. This yeah. is noise. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> Rhonda Shear is 58 years old. 58? Yeah, I said 60. That's nice. nice. I thought she's older than that. I'm surprised. Nice. <clears throat> Now she's like up till just like 9.30. Yeah. <laughs> she's, got, she's got a new show called Up to Go to the Bathroom. <laughs> uh, up, up 12 times a night. <laughs> up all night, peeing. <laughs> oh my God, she was hot. She was. I'm just looking at some of these pictures here. Oh, she, well, that was when she was in Playboy. Oh, yeah. Blurry, That's- but... Well, this takes us back to the modem days. Right? Oh, yeah, she yeah, was hot. look at that. You know, she looks a little bit like Stifler's mom. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Even back these younger pictures, she looks a little... I'll tell you who I had a big thing for. Uh, back around that same time, um, downtown Julie Brown. Yeah. On Club MTV. Sure, sure. Oh, she was all... She's still a looker. the accent, right? Yeah, the accent. And, and, and you know, I, I, I grew up in a, uh, a predominantly white community. So there's a little bit of the taboo going on there too, and she like she might be a little bit of a nasty bitch. And it was, I liked it. That, that by the way, that was another big, uh, big uh, tool. Yeah. Uh, was Club MTV because you know, had all those women. Oh was a sure. Good, was a good time. Down. How, how old do you think downtown Julie? <laughs> she is probably. I'd say she's 55. Ooh, 53. Ooh. I. Th- this should be my job. I should just guess the age of women I used yeah. to masturbate to. That's what she looks like. <laughs> she don't look bad now. She's aged well. Oh, you know who I also uh, had a thing for? Uh, this is along the same lines. Uh, back when they started doing real world road rules. Uh-huh. Uh, Piggy. Uh, oh, okay. The Australian chick? Yeah. Very Not good. attractive, but very attractive to me. I don't understand why. I, I, like, I, like, I like misfortune. That's, that's, a, that's a big turn on for me. I like I, a girl that's just trashy enough to be hot. That's what I like. <laughs> That's my, that's my goal. That's my that's my strike zone. What about Vanna White? I never. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> She's like sixty three, right? She's fifty six. I thought she'd be. Oh wow. Boy, my guessing is way off. She's still a looker too. But you never see Vanna up close anymore. They show her yeah, way I don't know back. How old that is, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's what kind of what you see now. It's all the fuzzy. Yeah, that picture was epic when that first came out. I remember that one. Oh, there. Are, yeah, yeah, look at that, huh? Yeah, I'm a fan. 80s. Definitely a fan. Nice. Yeah, you guys have inspired me. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm actually going to uh, turn this now into uh, into a new bit. Good. So, <laughs> I, I should explain. I don't. Um, I don't write. I don't write material. Uh-huh. I don't. I've never. I've never sat down and written a joke or anything. It all happens on stage or in conversation. Oh, nice. So like, I've never written a set list down in my life. I've never. I just I just go up and do my act. Now, over time, that act has flown into kind of a, a solid thing, so it is pretty set now. But I just have never been one that I've never documented anything. Sure. So when something like this comes up, it's like, oh shit, I need to remember that. Now, what that means is, the next time I see you, there'll be no record of this ever having happened because right. I will forget right. to even right. do it on stage. <laughs> uh, and then, luckily, I have a handful of friends in my life that I'll say, hey. Didn't I used to do a joke about something, and, the, and the, one of them will go, yeah, it goes like this. I'm like, yeah, thanks, and then uh, I'll do it. Oh, yeah, we always have people, too, like, like oh, remember what you guys said, and we're like, fuck no. Right, yeah, but on the podcast. It was, sure. it was funny when you said the one thing. I'm like, did I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah that's just like uh, wrestling. Like, 
a lot of people plan out their shit. Yeah. And they get up there and then they forget the shit. You know, right. they forget half the shit they're going to talk about or do. You know, but it's like uh, if you just go out on the fly, right? You're talking about. I mean, the crowd probably really knows the difference. No, I think I think uh, for me, um, if I'm not organic, then it's very apparent. Yeah. Uh, I, I did um, for the last two years. I did a lot of cruises, okay. um, mainly the first from the, from Thanksgiving to April of this year. Uh, I did almost exclusively cruises. So is this typically your crowd, or are we talking college cruises? No, it was different. It was, it was it was it was a good. It depends on which which uh, port I was leaving, okay. and what time of year and all that. But um, uh, it was a mix of it, it's the eight to eighty age grant age range. Okay. Yeah. Because like we had to do family shows. Like I I do five shows. Two shows were family, and three were adult. And the family shows, I would have seven-year-olds there, oh, and wow. it's it's hell. I mean, is it hard for you to keep it clean? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, know? I would do my my family set. I would repeat it. So I would do my family show. I would do the same set twice. Okay. Um, and I would tell people it's, it's going to be a you know a repeat show, and then I would do two separate adult shows. I'd repeat one of them one time. Um, but you know, it didn't lend itself to allow me to be organic. I had to be structured, and for that reason, I didn't like it. Like I, I don't do them anymore, and I'm, I'm kind of glad because just the restrictions were too much for me, and and uh, the downtime was hell. And uh, actually, I, I can tell you, I, I'll tell you a, a story, a cruise story. Um, this is the, this was kind of the turning point for me. Uh, I joined. If it's a seven day cruise, what they do is they um, they have two comics on, and then halfway through the cruise, they fly them off. And they fly two more comics on to do five more, a total of, to we do a total of twenty shows in that seven days. I do five, and the other guys do five. Okay. So there's always at least there's always two comics on board, right? So I joined at the end in the middle of the cruise. So I joined. The other comic had a problem that day, and he could not get on the ship. So I had to do all five of my shows the day that I joined the ship. Now that's a travel day where I got up at at four thirty in the morning in Indy. Caught, caught a, a flight to Atlanta, and then flew from Atlanta to like Belize or something, and then had to take a fucking boat out to the ship and all that. And then like in two they and a half a hours, ladder over the side, too. <laughs> pretty much. So then like two two and a half hours later, I've got to be on stage doing thirty minutes with with a, maybe a five minute break, and then thirty minutes, and then five minutes, and thirty. And I do five shows that night. So I'm on stage, and I my first show. I think I have a pretty good, a pretty good set, and I and I do it. I, I was doing a joke at the time of, that, included, that talked about Chick Fil A, not not about any of the controversy or anything. It's a joke I've had for three or four years, and when, in in that joke, I say, I get. I don't know if you guys have Chick Fil A up here or not, but yeah, we don't. Um, but I've, seen, away. I've seen them down south. Yeah, Chick Fil A. It's a great fast food place, but they're closed on Sunday. That's their big thing. So I asked them, like, why are they closed on Sunday? And I said, someone said they're Mormon. And I said, that can't be right, because if they're Mormon-owned, they'd have a bike rack out front, right? <laughs> Simple, no, no big deal. <laughs> so show's over, and I'm out in the lobby saying hi to people as they walk by. Literally about a dozen old people stopped me individually and said, hey, Chick-fil-A is not Mormon-owned. They're Christian-owned. And I said, oh, okay, well, it's just what someone in the crowd said. And they said, well, you have to be corrected. I'm like... Okay, so literally I get this from 10 or 12 people. 
and uh, almost like a receiving line to stop by and tell me what a piece of shit I am. <laughs> so now there's an old couple standing off to the side, and 70 years old, and I hear the woman say to the, to the man, oh no, he needs to be told. <laughs> <laughs> so now they walk over to me, and the guy says, this is our 21st cruise. And I said, well, congratulations, that's fantastic. He goes, and this was easily the worst show we've ever seen. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, I don't think you're sorry. I said, no, I'm, uh, I want you to have a good time. He goes, I go, well, what was the problem with the show? And he goes, well, you're, you're awful blasphemous. You know, you're up there, you're talking about Chick-fil-A, and they're a good Christian organization, and that's just really offensive. And I said, well, here's the guy you want to talk to. And I point him over to the comedy club manager, and then I get the fuck away from this guy. Yeah, I don't so I talk to the manager later, and he goes, don't worry, it's all good. I talk, the guy's crazy. So the next day, I'm having lunch. I'm up on the Lido deck, and a different guy walks up to me, and he goes, hey, you got a minute? I said, sure, have a seat. He sits down, he goes, I was at your show last night. I said, oh, which one? He goes, the first show. I said, oh, fantastic. He goes, I didn't care for it. <laughs> and oh I go, God. okay, well, why didn't you care for it? And he goes, pretty offensive. You bla- A lot of blasphemy. You know, you're, Again, you're, up, you're talking about Chick-fil-A, and you, you just really turn the, the whole crowd around. Oh, he, goes, he goes, and this is where it gets really uncomfortable. He goes, let me explain something to you. You can't make fun of a good Christian organization like that. Now, if you're up there making fun of the coloreds, we'd have no problem whatsoever. <laughs> I just said, what? if you excuse me, I have to be, I have to be somewhere. <laughs> and I was just happy that I didn't have any more shows to do that whole cruise oh and didn't have to God. be in front of those fucking people. Wow. And that was a, that was a point I went home thinking, I might be done with these. Yeah, I don't know that I need to do this anymore. And that was the kids' show. Jesus. Yeah. That was that was the family show, yes. Yes. That was the family show because that's when they all they won't come to. And, oh, my God, it was hell. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I'm glad to be at the Armory. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I say that now. Yeah, give it time. Yeah. You get a nice crowd, though. Yeah, because they think Neil Sedaka's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just live and up. Yeah. So, who do you guys rub to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Fanny Flag, she was a hot bitch, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hmm. Well, we were talking last week about, um, about, uh, high-fiving people right. who have met famous people just to get close to their jackhead. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you guys are taking this whole different level. One point of separation from Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's all we're saying. No, it's a... Uh... Screech from Saved by the Bell right here. Wow, Actually, really? yeah, Jimmy J.J. Walker and... Uh, okay. And, uh, uh, Gallagher. And Honky Tonk Man. Honky. Oh, there you oh, go. Man. No, I haven't had a Honky Tonk Man. Right. Wow, that this going. is kind of... All right. Huh. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, I can. I might be able to tell you a story that I probably shouldn't, but it's kind of the same thing. Uh, I won't give you any of the specific details because this place might get shut down. But uh, I was on the road, and um, I had met a uh, a member of the uh, of the staff for this particular place. Okay, and um, uh, who was not working that night, but came in to watch the show, and uh, had asked me when I was going to be finished for the evening. Uh, told her, so I told her when I thought everything was going to be wrapped up. And she said, oh, okay. And she goes, well, we should hang out after the show. Um, I'll come by and, and meet you here when the show's over. And then she said, by the way, are the, you guys do you guys still stay in the comfort suites? 
I should have kn- I should have known there was a little bit of familiarity there. I, I should have maybe assumed. Sounds like rats. So I'm like, uh, yeah, that's where we're staying. She's like, she goes, okay, well, why don't we? Uh, I'll just come. I'll meet you back here. So she comes. She comes and meets me. Now here's the beauty. Uh, we go back to the hotel, and the hotel has a. Um, I have a, a jacuzzi in my room. Um, which doesn't happen very often. I was convinced I was in the wrong room. They're hooking you up. Yeah. And uh, uh, this was, yeah. So uh, she has, she goes, oh, you have the jacuzzi. And she starts turning the water on, right? <laughs> she has a, ba- a bag with her. And she says, while that's filling up, I'll be right back. And she goes in the bathroom, comes out with a bikini on. Right? And the bikini, uh, the top, it's, it's red and white, and the top has little white crosses on it, and the bottom, on the ass of it, it says lifeguard. Right? So, we end up in the hot tub. Did that strike you as odd that she just had a swimsuit with her? Or, well, maybe or did it really matter at that I was time? In the mo- I was in the moment. Right, okay, yeah. Right, I'm not questioning anything. Maybe right. she just loves to swim. <laughs> I just coming back from work. Yeah. Coming through. Yeah. As a uniform. Yeah, who knows? Sure. I was asking no questions. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> At one point, uh, she she shows me a particular feat that she has, uh, a talent, and I was very impressed. And she said, and she, and she said, "What do you?" Th-? She said, "What do you think of that?" To which my response was, "Are you really a lifeguard?" That's how smooth I was. Completely blew it. Right. So, so the the evening ends. Everything's great. And this excuse me. This particular we'll edit that out. This particular place. Uh, they they would have us come during the day. They had a full restaurant. We'd come and have lunch or whatever. So I went to have lunch, and I'm having lunch. There's a flag up on the bar, this uh, like a, the state flag of where I was at, and it has some writing on it or something. And I, I talked to the owner. I go, oh, what's up with that flag? That's kind of interesting. He goes, oh, that's um that's the the state flag. Actually, it was a county flag. That's our county flag. Um, uh, Toby Keith was playing the county fair. And I, I, when I'm he, narrowing it down. You were down south. Uh, well, <laughs> nobody else has county flags. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he goes, uh, his Toby Keith was playing the county fair, and he and his his crew came over for lunch one day after they did their sound check, and they had lunch here, and we had him sign the flag. And I said, "Oh, that's cool." I said, "That's pretty neat." I said, "Was he a nice guy?" And he goes, "Yeah, it was really really cool." He said, "Now, okay, here's the thing that you don't know: so and so who wasn't working last night, she fucked Toby Keith." <laughs> Oh my so, <laughs> I'm just saying, based on your high five rationale, Toby Keith and I are fairly close to one another. Did you touch her feet? <laughs> feet was mis- misspelled differently in this case. <laughs> feet, I mean, is like a feet of strength. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, oh, welcome Toby to the Keith, show, then. Toby Keith. Yeah. Up high. All right. All right. There it is. <laughs> We're so close to so many celebrities. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, and when it's we a, do meet them, it's going to be a great story. Yeah, right. You're like Toby. I got to tell you something. You remember some anonymous place down south? <laughs> remember that lifeguard? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if he's like, "Oh yeah, sure." I, I, I'll never forget it. Nice. So yeah, it was a good time. Oh, How long have you been doing comedy? Long time, isn't it? Almost fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah, no, it all comes to a stop tonight. No, actually, <laughs> I don't know if Chris Shaw told you, but the progression is Janesville, then Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, is that, oh, is that what yeah, I worked to, at him? Yeah. You have to experience stuff, then come here, then you go. <coughs> well, yeah. I was supposed to be moving to L.A. last year. That's on and, my note. Yeah, I was moving to L.A. last year, and... Um, then you realized you hadn't been to Janesville yet. 
Well, it's true. I'd not been here yet. Um, and this Toby Keith story was itching to get out. I mean, that's a screenplay right there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, w- what happened was I literally had my car packed and ready to go. Um, was on my way. And then all of a sudden my schedule started popping. And then Carnival started calling. And they started giving me all these cruise dates. And then they told me in no uh, uncertain terms that if I moved, relocated west, they would not be able to bring me no. back out to Miami with any frequency. And I was like, well, fuck, I'd rather have the money. So, fuck L.A. and stayed in, stayed in Indy. So now that you're done with the cruises, are you thinking about... No, uh, eventually, yes. But yeah. but it was um, it was a poor, uh, poor, poorly planned event on my part. Um, I... Uh, I was doing a show in Birmingham, Alabama. It's uh, one of the worst rooms I've ever worked in my entire life. It's a, it's a fantastically big comedy club, 500-seat place. Okay. And I never wanted to have someone rip my eyes out of my head. <laughs> it was it was just it was a horrible week, and I, they, like, they weren't enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying it. Uh, I found out as soon as I get to the gig, oh, by the way, you have to be squeaky clean all week. Oh, I go on in five minutes. <laughs> and so I'm editing on the fly. It's just it's not going well. And on the way home, I'm driving home from Birmingham that Sunday night, and I'm crafting my retire from comedy letter in my head because I'm like, "Fuck this!" I'm, and it was like, you know what? No, here's what I'm gonna do. It's time I'm gonna make the jump and move to LA because I cannot come back to Birmingham. If I stay in the Midwest or stay in, you know, if I don't relocate, I have to do Birmingham every year, and I can't fucking fathom doing that. Uh, it was, I, I should have thought it through more, but uh, but it all worked out great. I mean, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. Uh, you know, two Janesville appearances now under my belt. Right. I mean, you're things, are, things are looking right. up. I mean, right? Podcast. Right. I, yeah. yeah, right? I, mean, I just did a show yeah. last Friday, as sick as a dog. I drove to Central City, Kentucky uh, to do a, uh, a friend wanted me to do this booking. Uh, it was a Eagles Lodge, maybe. Okay. And normally those are fun. Those are a lot of fun. I get down there, I drive, I'm sick as shit, I drive down there, it's four hours each way, I get there, and there's seven or eight people, right, and I'm like, you've <laughs> got to be fucking kidding me, and just cancel it on me, I, why, I, oh, I'm yeah. not making that much money, and so I'm in the back of the, of the showroom, and I hear the, the guy that coordinates, he's talking to this, one of these women that's there, and he goes, yeah, I feel bad, this guy drove, you know, a long way, and we only got these few people here. And I hear her say, well, you know, he's got to get his name out. And I, and I, and I want to say, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Do you really think, you, do you think that Comedy Central just had a meeting this week and said, well, we can't bring Holt in for a special because, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's toured around. He's done, he's done colleges and he's done clubs and, and casinos and corporate gigs. And, but has he done Central City, Kentucky yet? I mean... Let's see if he can play there before we give him any fucking heat. This gotta is, get his feet wet. Make yeah. sure he's on the marquee at the Eagles. So, so that just incensed me. So I go on stage and I'm literally sitting in a chair, just seething, and just like trying to get through my. And they, and they still want me to do an hour. I got 11 people by the time the show starts. Um, want me to do an hour cold, no opening, nothing. So I'm sitting there just trying to. I'm literally looking at my watch and I'm just talking, going through it. Um, and I just cannot wait to get out of there. And finally. Uh, I said, well, I'm only, I'll be honest, folks. I'm only here to get my name out. That's the only reason I'm here. I mean, luckily you guys are here. And you're, you're, of course you're having a good time. Uh, but I'm here strictly to get my name out. And, and I started going, and I started getting pissed. And then I went into the whole, do you really think Comedy Central's wait? Went through the whole thing. And I said, and one more thing. 
fuck the Everly Brothers, because they're from Central City, I found out, during my brief time there. And uh, you, if they would have had a store that was just rakes and torches, they would have been sold out that night, because these 11 people were going to, were going to completely uh, come after me, but they were, uh, one guy sitting in the front, what else would he said? Uh, no right. shoes, no shoes on, not, not, not had like flip flops and took them off, no shoes on, jeans, no shoes, like walked in from a gravel parking lot to the comedy show. He was the eagle. At least he had his rope belt tied tight, right? Well, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Dude, there's an eagle a block away, we could... I'm sure there's three over there. Right. Huh? I'd like to thank everybody for coming. Literally, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was horrible. And, like, I normally, like, if I have a small crowd or something, I, I kind of enjoy that sometimes. I was in Myrtle Beach. We had uh, eight people one night. And uh, the night before, we had found this karaoke bar around the corner from the club. And me and my feature act went over there, and we hung out. And uh, found it was cheap beer. And we closed. Well, I don't do karaoke, but I watch karaoke. And we sat and closed the place down. Had a great time. And the next night on stage, I told these eight people, I'm like, hey, here's what happened last night. We went to this karaoke bar. I think when the show's over, you guys should all come with us. We'll go over to the karaoke place. Everyone from the crowd went over, and we closed down the karaoke bar. Oh, nice. The, ne- the next night, we have 16 people in the crowd do the same thing, get all of them over, and we oh close. It was like the closest I'm, I'll ever be to be a messiah. It was fantastic. Right. <laughs> hey. You're the Pied, <coughs> Pied Piper. That was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. But you can do those things with a small crowd sometimes, yeah. but not when they, you know, don't understand anything. Or not when the bedtime's in 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're filling in now. And turn that Benny Goodman shit down, too. <laughs> this is going to be a hot crowd. Mm. Yeah, this will be good. Yeah, this good is, uh, see. we'll see. We think it's because we're getting the word out online. You guys are doing a fantastic we think, job. We, think it's we the promoted podcast. the shit out of it. You that. did yeah. promote the hell out of this. No, I think it's great. Uh, we made a poster. Or... I, I I won't say I won't say who didn't promote the place. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was actually like, "Do they pay you for that?" I'm like, no. No, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, like I honestly think that I think comedy is almost better as a grassroots thing anyway so the stuff that you guys are doing is is exactly what this needs but more places could make it look that way yeah you know i I don't know i just think that every town there should be someone who cares enough about what's going on in the comedy scene and and they're the ones that just keep promoting it and doing whatever and and by doing this podcast you guys are doing a good job with that eventually i'd like to have our podcast sponsor a comedy show like maybe once a year in town they yeah. just have, like, comedians that we've interviewed. Yeah. Hey, we're thinking we host, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we get an open mic night going. Have one big party. And, but no, it's down cool. the road. I mean, Janesville, it's 60,000 people, right? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, you, there's probably enough for a comedy uh, comedy community of some sort. Yeah, you get the word out there. I think so. Enough people would come. You know, there's a wrestling community. Some people, yeah. might, some people <laughs> might come over from Beloit, you know? Right. They pack a lunch, Hopefully. come over. They can get one or two stragglers. Yeah, sure. You know, they come yeah. poke their nose in to see what the what sure the commoners they... are doing with all the dirty people, the unwashed masses are over here doing. <laughs> yeah, they could uh, they could probably do their own show though. The Beloit people. Beloit people. Yeah, I mean that'd be all right. But if they want to bra- not be a part of the Twin Cities, right? <laughs> yeah. They want to be all hoity-toity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. a little too good for them. 
Not really Beloit people, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we love you Beloit people. Actually, there was a bar down in Beloit that used to do comedy. Yeah? But it was like on Wednesday nights. Yeah, that's that's what happens in a lot of these small towns. It's always... Well, this used to be on Thursday. Yeah. Which is why I think they do it on Friday now. That's the problem with uh, like with Madison, dude. Like, yeah. You got to get there. Like, they do weekend shows. Yeah. But if you want to hit open mic, it's like Wednesday night. But you got to get your name on this by like 5.30. Yeah. No, it's... I know. Look, trust me. I used to run the open mic Woo. in my home club. Mm-hmm. I was a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fractured so many fucking relationships early on because I had to be the guy in charge. You have to be, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I know what you're saying. You had, you had people who, you, you never, it was hard to tell who your friends really were because you had people that just wanted to get on stage and then so you had people kissing your ass and you had other people that were talking behind your back. It sucked. Like, I, I'm happy to not be involved. So you were like, you know what, get out of here, <coughs> you loser. I'm crossing your name off, Tim Allen. You yeah. loser, piece of shit. No one's going to go for that tool <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go do your family show, loser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I got it. Santa Claus Falls. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want mic time? That's the D. Right? Yeah, you made it. <laughs> there, was a, there was one time where I was still running the open mic, and... This guy came in and he was like, just like we had a meeting beforehand, like we did a roll call, everyone was on the list and all that. And there's a guy who's sitting off to the side and he's just like leaning like this against a, ch- uh, a, a stool. And uh, I go, all right, anyone here that I didn't call off? And he goes like that and I go, are you not on the list? And he goes, no. And I go, I don't have a spot for you. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And I go, all right, man. And so then... He walked away, and then some a little bit later in the in the evening, the, someone comes up to me and says, uh, "Yeah, so and so, it's good to see him here." I go, "Where's he at?" He's right over there. I'm like, oh fuck, he has a beard now and he wears a hat. There's <laughs> a, a, a touring headliner that I see like maybe twice a year, maybe uh, that, and I didn't recognize him. And I'm being a dick. Like he's like working the club that week. He came in early to the open mic, and I was like, nah, I don't think you're gonna be making it on. So then I had to walk up and eat, you know, like eat my own dick. Hey, uh, Ryan, I, I apologize. I, I didn't recognize. He's like, it's fine. I go, no. And he goes, no, seriously, it's so fucking funny to me, and to see how uncomfortable you are right now it's perfectly oh, yeah. fine so yeah beat it cable guy you got no future yeah right that's right <laughs> your shit's yeah. your shit's been done maybe hand out some flyers right? yeah Where, bring five people motherfucker get in room the stage something <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. see you know is, is wrestling do you have to bring bring people out in order to get same, same is it really dude do. when I watch the when I watch the movie The Wrestler that was so much stand-up comedy. That oh. that was the exact road life of stand-up comedy. Let me tell you, dude, it's the same same shit. And like, I, I booked the shows too, so right. um, you'll have. Well, there's a lot of cool dudes, and you know, there's guys that'll come and and they'll pitch in, and there's guys that'll just show up. Maybe they're not even booked. They'll help with the ring just to try to get in the door. Sure, yeah, yeah. Just to try to maybe get a. Spot. That's like the cooks in the comedy club. Right. Same thing. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make I'll make poppers. Yeah, we'll do do whatever you need right. to, you know. And eventually, these guys will get on the roster, prove themselves. Sure. And, and they're great guys. Yeah. You know, some guys are already up there. Yeah. And they won't help out or nothing. Right. You know, don't have room for those guys. Probably this guy from Rockford. Got an Aaron Xavier guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this guy at all. So he's looking in the mirror. 
after the show, not helping. <laughs> you have a valet that brings his hairbrush to him and shit like that. Sprays perfume on the ring like Gorgeous George. I have this bad feeling mm-hmm. I'm going to be on stage tonight, and all of a sudden this motherfucker's going to walk in. Um, no. <laughs> I doubt it. Okay. Probably not. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't want to get uh, choke slammed or anything. Um, no, I don't think that would happen. Okay, all right. Because, you know, there's nothing worse There's nothing worse than someone who fucks with a, a, a wrestler and it's the wrong time and the wrestler wants to prove that what he does <laughs> is not to be made fun of. Sure, sure. You know, the whole John Stossel thing. I was just going to say, yeah, wasn't there a reporter yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I don't, doc- I don't need Dr. Death to fucking... Steve Williams. Yeah, come up and fucking bitch slap me. No, but, like, a lot of the guys are cool, but you run into a few, you know, I like to call them divas. Yeah. But uh, they're everywhere, you know. Well... It's wherever you go. Where I grew up, we had a dude who was supposedly a professional wrestler. And his claim to fame was he... Apparently he wrestled onto the Giant. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not. How do you document that? Right. But he would walk around my hometown with his fucking tights on. <laughs> and, and they were just they were just trunks. They weren't like long pants. It was just like the like you know like the bikini tights yeah, with, yeah, the, with the fucking the... with the fucking drawstring like hanging out. And, oh fuck! I gotta like, go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? For, I mean, it would just he'd just be walking around. Oh yeah, but yeah, that's a little crazy. Um, who knows? Andre the Giant used to wrestle like. Three, four guys in well, I think that's what it was. I think it was it was supposed to be one of those handicap matches or whatever. Which I, don't, I don't think you should be wrestling the handicap. I think that's that's <laughs> it's not fair. That's that like no, and I just heard someone uh, at a Harley store saying that they used to race Indians. I'm like, well, how do you? That's hard to stay on their backs. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> they start running and everything, and they're getting, getting sweaty. Yeah, mouth. it's not good. <laughs> I think it's rude. <laughs> oh, crazy. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, wrestling's the uh, same type of stuff, man. You gotta be a dick. Yeah. Somebody has to be the dick. Yeah, no, you know? you're right. But for the most part, there's a lot of good, as I'm sure with comedy, you meet a lot of awesome people. Sure. And there's people that'll give 150%. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of gotta stick with those people. You no, know, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's like you, you really are in control of the people that you hang with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a lot of, I know a lot of people in my past in this business where they just try to hang with people that can help them and that's no fun I don't want to hang with those people I want to hang with people that I want to hang with and then the ride's great and then whatever happens as a result of that is a real pure thing it's not some bullshit you know there's no pretense because um, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of douchebags I probably there are a lot of people that probably have worked with me and said, man, he's a douchebag. That's the way it goes. You don't click with everybody, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's the way it goes. What about, uh, I saw you are doing some Chick McGee shows? Yep. Yep. Actually, there's one going on right now um, uh, that I was, I'm not at because I'm here uh, getting famous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we're doing, uh, we've got, I think we have 12 dates booked between now and the end of September. And then we are currently booking October dates as well. Oh, okay. So it's uh, it's um, Chick, Chick hosts the shows, mm-hmm. um, and then it's me, my uh, buddy and roommate actually Jeff Bodart, 
and another buddy, uh, Todd McComas. Real, all real funny guys. Real, it's gonna be it's a really strong show. So um, we uh, we start that with all four of us starting tomorrow. Oh wow! Yeah. Nice. So I mean, get That'll the hell out of here. Good, huh? Well, we hope. You we think hope. so with Bob and Tom? That's like it's a yeah. We're um, a big show. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I keep looking at my phone because I'm waiting on a on a head count from tonight's show uh, that they're doing, but I haven't heard anything yet. But yeah, we, we anticipate good crowds, um, and they're just and the shows are fun. It's 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 one of those things where when you can work with your buddies, you know that's sure. that's a good that's a one of the big payoffs because as you start in comedy and you start moving up the ladder and you start you know going from open micing to guest setting to emceeing to featuring to headlining, you know for me once I started headlining, then I stopped working with all these guys that took me with them. Yeah, you know I had all these you know these. There are four, four guys that I worked with a lot over the last several years. I worked with, uh, and these names may or may not mean anything to you guys, but uh, uh, Pat Godwin, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Todd Yon, Jimmy Pardo, and Tom Rhodes. Those, those are four, all like Bob and Tom guys. Yeah, those yeah. four guys, they, we, I bonded with all of them, and to, to this day we're very, very good friends. Um, but they're the ones that would, they were going to be working in Cincinnati, so they'd bring me with them. That's how I got my foot in the door of that club, which is great because when you're when when that ride's happening, you're with your buddies and you're having a great time. And there's nothing better than doing comedy when you're working with someone that you just absolutely fucking love them, you know. Yeah. And it's just it's like this brotherhood. Well, then after a few years and you're kind of staying on your own merits, that guy's gone. Now, lo- hopefully, you're bringing people right. up with you, so it's still the, kind of the same thing. But it is different, you know. And coming into a room like this. You don't know. I don't know the other guy. I mean, I still haven't seen him, and we're half an hour to showtime, and I haven't seen him yet. I don't know who he is. I mean, I know who he is, but I, I don't know him. Know him. I heard he was rubbing one on. <coughs> um, I have no idea. So you just don't know. And, and the, the you know, comedy is a lot. A lot yeah. of times, it's like the um, every gig is like the first day of school. Yeah. Because you walk in, you don't know the staff, so it's like you're learning all these new teachers and all these new new classmates and then the guy you're working with or the girl you're working with you've never met them before yeah well how does that work so like tonight there's just two comedians like, yeah how do you decide like who goes first who uh, well, I, like, I've requested to go first okay. um, at this gig the way they the way that the booker asks is that she always says whoever's higher energy um, so it always drives me crazy I look over and I see this guy it looks like he's trying to get on stage Gonna be your competition, and that just uh, I hate people like that. He'll be a helper, yeah. yeah he'll be he'll be helping out today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she always asks that whoever's more high energy close the show. I'm I can certainly be high energy, but I honestly I don't possess much ego. Uh-huh. I don't have to close. Sure. I just want to do my time, have a good time, and then if I can do that and get off stage and watch the rest of the show, I'm your guy. Right. I, I'm perfectly happy with that. I don't need to be the last guy up or whatever. I don't need to do the most. I don't care. It, it's all the same to me. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he's he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll close because that'd be fantastic. So we'll see. Sometimes I do that because I want to get on the road and, and take off. And but I, you know, I actually want to see the whole show. So you're heading back to Indianapolis tonight. Eh, it's it's fifty fifty. Yeah, it depends. If you see me with a beer on stage, I'm staying. <laughs> oh, cool. So um, I'm leaning towards staying and just getting up about six and driving home. Yeah. So that's a lot of driving here and back in one day. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're talking about, you know, over a like a 14-hour swing, it'd be 10 hours of driving. That's not. 
All I'm saying is O'Reilly's is right down the street. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's, already, he's already planting seeds. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I got it. <laughs> cool, man. So what? I saw that uh, you worked in uh, telecommunications before you got into I did. comedy. I did. What did you do exactly? <coughs> well, I right out of high school, um, I was uh, I was ready to go. To, I was literally going to go to college, and the morning I was I was leaving to go with my best friend, who now. Uh, is the co-producer for True Blood on HBO. Oh, really? Wow. He, he was already in a semester uh, of school. I was going for radio TV. He had convinced me that I needed to do that, too. And I, it sounded great. And I literally was leaving that Saturday morning, or that Friday morning, to go with him to go to campus so I could start filling out paperwork. And I got a phone call from AT&T. I'd submitted a resume, like, three months earlier, or two months earlier, and they called and offered me a job. And it was like, oh, fuck, I, I'd rather have the job, I'd rather the money than, you know, I, I was never a student, you know. And uh, so I took the job, and uh, I started off just working in customer service, okay. you know, answering, talking to people about their phone bill and shit. It was, it was, it was mind-numbing, yeah. but it was good money. <coughs> and it was really good benefits, and I was 18 years old, right out of high school. I had a job for a Fortune 500 company, and um, did that for, I got married uh, was from some uh, woman I worked with, which ended in a divorce, thankfully. Um, but um, when I left there, I, I left that job through that position. I I went into corporate training. I did that. I went, I went into supervision, and then I went. I took a job in, uh, I guess, marketing management kind of thing, okay. and I was quickly downsized. Uh, well, I voluntarily took a downsizing to get the fuck out. Uh, and then after that, I went into consulting. I did some consulting for a few years for Telcom, and uh, then went in with this company that uh, did uh, some other t- level of consulting on Telcom stuff. I did that. And then the last thing I did before I, I, I quit and went full-time was I was managing for a cable company, okay. uh, the Telcom piece of that. So, you know, I, I did both. And I, I kept, I was doing, I was working 50 hours a week and was still doing 20 to 22 weeks a year on the road. Oh, wow. And I was losing my mind. <coughs> so finally, I was like, I gotta, I gotta stop. I can't do. I you mean on do the both. road, like doing comedy? Oh, yeah, okay, doing, so yeah, doing both. Yeah, I was doing both for a long time, oh, and finally, I was like, oh. I can't. I mean, I had no time, and, and it's actually, it's kind of, a, kind of a cool story. Um, have you guys, have you seen the movie Up in the Air? It's a George Clooney movie. Yeah. Where he fires people. Yeah. There's a scene in that movie where they fire somebody, and it's the guy that's from the Farmers Insurance commercials now. Who's in Oz? Uh, his name is J.K. Simmons. Uh, actor, bald guy, always plays a heavy. He gets fired in that movie, and he freaks out. And he's like, what am I supposed to tell my family? How do I tell my family I don't have a job? And so Clooney's talking to him, and, he, and Clooney says, well, um, what about cooking? And he goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, according to your resume, you have a minor in culinary arts. You know, you studied all, you know, all through France. And, you know, when were you going to go back to what makes you happy? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. And he said, let me ask you a question. How much did they first pay you to give up on your dream? And he, and he kind of stops. He goes, $27,000. He goes, well, when were you going to go back to what your passion was? That I was sitting in the theater. I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan, watching this movie. I was on the road. And that scene hit me like a ton of bricks. Hmm. It, it, like, caved my chest in. It was amazing the impact that had on me. And so I, I went about my business to finish out my, my road trip or whatever. And probably 
a year later, I'd say. Uh, the movie was now on like HBO or Cinemax, whatever the hell it was on. And at that point in time, I used to sleep with my TV on at night. Uh, over about a six-week period, on four different occasions, I woke up to that exact scene. Oh, my God. And the, four, the fourth time it happened, I went in that day and put my notice in. Oh, wow. And it was, I, I put in 30 days notice and jumped, and that was it. That tough? That's tough uh, to do, or what it, was, it, was, it was right to do, but, yeah, oh, it was right. tough okay. because cause I, I knew I was quitting. I just didn't know when. Like, I hadn't really been working that hard. I mean, I, I was fucking around. Uh, I was great to work for. My, my people loved me because I was cool. But I knew I was going to quit, but I didn't know when. And when I decided to quit, it's not like I'd been thinking for the last year and a half, oh, I need to put this money back because I'm going to be working the armory in Janesville. I never did that. I just thought, well, it's going to fucking work. You know, it's going to work. And I put my notice in. I came, I came, off, uh, I came out of the office, came home. That night, I got a phone call from Carnival booking me for my first round of cruises a couple a few years ago so it was almost like I had to put shit in a certain order and once I was no longer employed things started happening yeah. and you know like I'll probably close my show out tonight with this it's, I close my show with a personal story instead of a joke um, and in that uh, in that story I talk about the fact that I've never in my life had less money in the bank than I have now but I've never slept as good as I sleep now and I think people look look past that sometimes. They don't understand what contentment really is. It's not about what you have in the bank. And it's about you just make shit happen. It works. You make it work. You know, a good buddy of mine just wrote a book about stand up, and he said, you know, I'm lucky enough that I never had to have a real I never had to have a real job. I did like if my rent was two hundred fifty dollars a month, I'd make two seventy five. Because I always just made it happen. And if you put in that frame of mind, I mean, it's tough to be. I'll be I'll be forty four in August. And I've never thought that way before. And it's this very bohemian mentality that took a long time for me to get past it. Because I was always that guy where I had a certain number. And that number was what my bank account had to be. And if it got below that number, I would freak the fuck out. That number is long gone now. But I don't even think about it anymore. Well, I'm sure, uh, especially if you have like a you know, uh, you know, full-time job, a consistent paycheck every week. <coughs> it gets kind of in a comfort zone. It does. And maybe you have a fear of taking a risk. Absolutely. Is that won't be there. I had to do it the way I do it. I, I had to jump full, you know, head first. I had to do it that way. Because otherwise I'd have milked it like this forever. Yeah. And I wouldn't be... be miserable. Yeah, I would be. Yeah. Because yeah. all of a sudden you get a phone call or an email and they're like, hey, can you do this day, these dates? And you're like, I got to see if I can swing it. You know, right. it's... I, I'm not married anymore because I don't want to swing shit. I want to just let things happen, you know? So hey, Fuck yeah, I can go. Exactly. <laughs> That's the best feeling in the world, man. When someone's, when you get an offer and you can go, yep, it's totally up to you. Whether it's yes or no, there's no other factor. That's the best feeling in the world. Phone rings and you're like, the armory? Hell yeah, I'll be there. Well, are you kidding me? <laughs> fuck Leno. I'll be at the armory. Get my name out there. That's right. I gotta get, I gotta get my name out. I mean... That's what I do. <laughs> you got to. It's kind of my thing. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Well, that's awesome, dude. I yeah. heard I heard some advice one time to uh, to a graduating kid that you should do whatever you want to until you're 30, and if it doesn't work out at the time you're 30, yeah. it's something else. Yeah, that makes sense. I never did that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't start until I was 29, right. so yeah. 28. Sure. So, well, cool. Excellent. Should probably let you get ready uh, 
Let's just throw back a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, real quick, how yep. can people uh, contact you? Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, there's a fan page on Facebook. No, I don't do it. I don't use it. I'm going to delete go it. Personal account? Yeah, just go onto my personal account. Right. Uh, and then also, I'm uh, at Holt Comedy on Twitter. I'm very inactive on there. It's fantastic. I, I rarely put anything up. I'll be, I'm getting better. I'll be sure to tweet you later. I'm though. getting better. Awesome. I am getting better about it. Sure. Um, so we'll get you some retweets. Yeah, there you go. Um, sure. And then I'm uh, uh, my website is uh, madholtcomedy.com. And yeah, just... Uh, Find me and, and add me and follow me and all that shit. And uh, I, I appreciate you guys letting me do this. This is a lot Thanks of fun. Thanks for doing it. Awesome, man. Yeah, we're glad you uh, we're glad you could come on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. Any and and did you bring belts? Did you bring belts or did you forget the fucking belts? I got the belt in the car. Fantastic. We're going to take some photos <laughs> after this. After the show, we're doing <laughs> yeah. the fucking belt. That will get me to this fucking pub. Oh, yeah. If I end all up right. staying... You got uh, it. That'll get me to the goddamn pub. Awesome. Excellent, man. Thanks, right. guys. Well, thanks for doing the show. And, My uh, pleasure. Have fun in Hollywood. Next stop. Well, next stop. I got I probably two more armory stops. <laughs> I can get my punch card done. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Good, sir. Absolutely. I listen all you prize fighters who don't want to meet defeat. Listen all you prize fighters who don't want to meet defeat. Take a tip from me. The of Joe Lewis's beat. Now he won all his fights, 23 or 4, and left 20 of his opponents lying on the floor. They all tried to win, but the task was too hard. When he laid that hound bone up against that board, listen all you prize fighters, don't play him too cheap. If he lands with either hand, he'll sure put you to sleep. He's a real fighter. I bet on him. He knows just what to do. I'm talking to you. He packs that might in his left. He carries a plunging right. Either one will make you groggy or as high as a kite. He charges on his opponent from the beginning of the gong. He batters them into submission. Then they all sing a song. I bet on the brown bumper. For he knows his stuff. And lays it on his opponent until he get enough now he's a natural born fighter who likes to fight them all the bigger they come he said the harder they fall that terrific left boys is all he needs but that six ain't right come with lightning speed listen all you prize fighters don't play him too cheap Take a tip from me, the off Joe Lewis is beat.